Hello and welcome to another episode of Industry Celebrities. My name is Kimberly Scott. Industry Celebrities is a podcast where I interview industry professionals in any industry and they tell us about their industry as well as they give a little advice to their younger self. So now that I got that out of the way, I'd like to welcome my guest today, Glenn. Hi, Glenn. Hi, how are you? I'm doing Good. great. Thank you for having me. We thank, appreciate it. Thank you. So <laughs> tell listeners who you are and where you're from. My name is Glenn Agritelli. Agritelli. I'm going to have to say it a hundred times. Greek, not Italian. <laughs> yes, sir. Which everyone asks. Okay. And I'm originally from the New England area, New okay. Britain, Connecticut, and I moved to Dallas in 1988. And okay. I've been here ever since. Wow. Loving 19- every minute. 1988, you've seen a lot of change here. I have. A lot. A lot. I moved here in 2003 when they hadn't finished the one of the big intersections. And to see it now, even this... It's incredibly, it's incredibly busy. So you you hear some background noise. They've got construction going on next (laughs) door. So exactly, exactly. (laughs) Construction next door. We'll get to that here in a second. Well, Glenn, I do appreciate you visiting with me and sharing your passion. So what industry are you in? Well, I would say I'm in the customer service industry, which covers a lot of different things. Uh I spent 10 years with Microsoft. I ran the sales and marketing for the South Central part of the country for 10 years. And when I left, I decided to go out on my own and not work for anyone else, work for myself. Mm -hmm. And one of the very first things I did was I bought a tennis club because my passions have always been tennis and music have been consistent through my entire life since I was a teenager. So I bought a tennis club, T-Bar-M Racket Club. And that's been 22 years since I've had that now. And that's wow. that's the customer service business yeah. completely. Uh-huh. And then in 2000, I bought a men's clothing store <laughs> that I shopped at all of the time. Wow. And again- That could be a whole other podcast. Uh, it, it, let me tell you. It, yes. Yeah, it, it could. <laughs> it could be several podcasts, yes, to be I, honest I with you. I have questions. I have lots of questions now. I own that for 10 years. Okay. And in 2003, I opened up Mercy Wine Bar. Wow. Um, right when I moved here. Yes. Wow. And that- Mercy Wine Bar was the first company that I actually started from scratch. Okay. And the other two are actually bought from previous owners. Okay. But all three companies are in the customer service business. Yes. And whether you're selling wine or whether you're Close. delivering tennis lessons or clothing, yeah. you know, it's really all about the guest experience Absolutely. versus the product you're selling. Absolutely. So. Amen. We could do a whole podcast on that alone. I could. <laughs> Well, there are so many, so many, I have so many questions now. My mom loves tennis. She's an avid tennis player. Great. So, you know, just talking from that avenue, I have so many questions like, how does that work? On top of how you said that, you, you know, Mercy was the first thing you did as a startup. The others Correct. you purchased, you know, that's a whole other like pros and cons of starting, starting from right. scratch, you know, type of thing. Cause you've seen both. So why Mercy? Why did you decide to well, it's actually, it's, it's interesting because it's actually all tied together. Okay. I had an opportunity to go to Roland Garros in Paris mm-hmm. several years ago, many years ago. And a year after that, I went to Italy with my family. Mm-hmm. And in dining over there, I got introduced to European wines. I really didn't know that much about wine. So I got introduced to European wines and we would go to these little bistros and we'd try a great glass of wine and a little something to eat. And then you'd end up moving five or 10 feet away and trying it again and trying it again. And that's how we dined through, through Paris and through Italy. Wow. And no I can't- No wonder they're so skinny. <laughs> 
wine and just a little bit to eat and, <laughs> and a lot of there's wine. a lot of wine <laughs> but when i came back i said you know where could where could we go oh. to you know have that experience and have a great glass of wine by the glass not knowing whether you're going to really like the bottle or mm -hmm. not and i i traveled all across the united states and really couldn't find a great place Wow. And, and came back and, and said to a couple of my business partners, I said, you know, this would be really good to open up. And mm -hmm. I think that there's a market. Remember, this was 17, 18 years ago now. Yeah, yeah. And I really believe that there was a market for someone who would pay $10, $12, $15 for a glass of wine versus $250 for a bottle of wine and really not know what you're going to like. Yeah, I know a, a huge industry called the apartment industry that would pay by the glass and by the bottle. Right. <laughs> So that's awesome. So we really kind of started that and we really rolled the way, but it all really started because of tennis, because both, both times I was in Europe to see tennis tournaments ah, okay. with tennis so friends. Linking them all together. So it, it really is all tied together. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It wasn't for the tennis. I wouldn't be here at the wine bar. <laughs> I believe that for every chapter door that opens some, you know, there's a reason there's, behind it. You're there to, you know, experience whatever, do whatever. And then, you constantly evolve from from those. Well, and I, I also believe that, it, you know, you make those opportunities. You know, they just Absolutely. don't happen. Right. I really believe that you do make them. And you have to look for those mm -hmm. times to make those opportunities. Yeah. And then you forward. have to walk through the door. Yeah, there you go. That's the most important Absolutely. part, you know. All other podcasts we Exactly, <laughs> right. Fear of failure. Yes, yes. yes there's another one. <laughs> My fear is what if I don't, you know. Not the, right. The, the failure amount is about this small. It's the well. What if I don't try that, and then something great could have happened? Yes, you know, exactly. In that sense. Exactly. So, exactly. Point. Are definitely. I'm sure. What do you love the most about your industry? About the restaurant industry? We'll start with that. I love the enjoyment that guests get when they come in and they're they've had a great experience mm -hmm. and they're satisfied. Yeah. And. You know, whether it's going to one of my favorite breakfast places or whether it's... <laughs> AKA Snooze. Exactly. <laughs> or whether it's going out, you know, for a really nice dinner. It's oh. just the, the experience that someone has. And that's what we really have really tried to focus on is, you know, it's not really about the food or about the wine. Of course it is. But it's really about the guest experience. Absolutely. You know, and are they getting the, the service level that, that they really should be getting? Because they'll come back. And right. they'll tell others when it's a great exactly. experience on top of the, you know, food, wine right. of sorts. And sure. and then the great part for us is that when, you know, every single experience isn't 100%. Yes. And things happen, you know. Good for you for saying that and, out And when they do, it's how do we respond? Yes. How do we re react to that? So it's it's really a question of, you know, do we have the ability to kind of turn that around and, you know, make that a great experience yeah. for someone? So when they walk away, they go, look, this happened, but you know what? Here's how they reacted and here's what they did. And, you know, that's, that's part of the whole guest experience as well, because as everyone knows, when they go out, every single experience isn't world-class. Yeah, absolutely. No matter how much you try and make yeah. it that way. Yeah. But it's how people react to it when it's not that, you know, if they show empathy, if they take, accountability, you know, and not just fluff it off on someone else. Exactly. And I was trained, I say, by the best brinker when I was a manager at Chili's for a whole year. And I can tell you, I'd never been through, and a bartender waited tables all through college and uh, some after and never had the type of training right. that I had 
with Brinker. And even when I moved to Dallas in 2003 and bartended at the Razoo's, I think they're still there and the champs, like I just had a higher level just as a bartender server again, right? Because of the great training of the guest experience. We always try to get our people to develop a relationship with yeah. a guest. And even though you only have a few minutes really mm -hmm. with that guest, you know, and we're, we're getting ready to open up another mercy right now. Ooh. And so we are right in the middle of all of this conversation with our servers and our new people coming in is that it's really important mm -hmm. to be able to have a conversation with the guest and develop a rapport and suggest things that they may not have tried before yeah. and expand their knowledge. And one of the key components for us in, in the, this industry, uh -huh. in the wine and food industry, is really to expand their level of education. Yeah. So they try more. Exactly. They'll try different things. Different things. And, you know, so many people will come in and go, I want X, Y, Z wine. And we go, that's great. We'll be happy to give that to you. But, you know, if you like that, you may try it like this yeah. and give this a try. You know, trying to expand people's palates Absolutely. and get them to grow in things that they like. So you basically train and teach your people to be a sommelier? The sommelier, yeah, right, okay, right, right. <laughs> we actually have on my staff three people who are level one sommeliers. Wow. And my business partner, Vincent Vard, is a second degree sommelier out wow. of Paris. And then there are very few in Texas, second yeah. degree sommeliers and really phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal guy. I didn't even know what that was until I started going to a conference in Napa, not a bad place to go to a social media conference right. in Napa. And I was always at a, a vineyard that had a hotel conference area. And it was just interesting to meet these people and, and they could see and, and when they ask you, what do you like to taste? And and then somebody said, well, you know, they go to school for that. I was like, oh, really? Okay. I guess that would make sense. There's a great movie if you or your guests have not seen it. It's yes. called Som, S-O-M. Okay. And it's about people going for a master's sommelier oh. certification. Okay. And there's very few of them in the United States. Actually, in, in the movie Som, there's a gentleman from Dallas oh. in that as well. So it's a great movie, and it really showcases the level of expertise that it really takes, it takes to, to do that yeah. at that level. Absolutely. But it's also also probably a passion that you oh, enjoy what you're you know, absolutely. And learning about. Absolutely. You know, there's a trend now in starting in the wine industry where a guest would come in to a restaurant and swipe a card and get an automatic pour. And we've really resisted doing any of that because for us, it's really about the relationship between the server and the and the guest mm -hmm. and so our servers go through a five or six week training before they ever can be on the floor and they've got to taste all our wines we have a hundred wines by the glass mm -hmm. another 50 by the bottle from 22 countries and they have to taste all of them they've got to be able to talk about all of them mm -hmm. so that it, wine education and imparting that education mm -hmm. is really important oh, for us as part of our business model and i know that there are others out there but for us i think that's what helps make us unique yeah if somebody wanted to open a restaurant what advice would you give them start staying up very late Get used to that. Yes. No. Um, yeah. It's a. It's very difficult. Yeah. It's very difficult. Most people think, you know, oh, I'm going to open up a restaurant, you know, and have yeah. all my friends there. And you have lots of friends that yes. come in. You discover Absolutely. new ones. It is difficult because it really is about the, the guest experience. And mm -hmm. I go back to that again. And so I think one of the most important things, if you're going to do that, is to know your customer. Know who your customer is. Who are mm -hmm. you appealing to? And we spend a lot of time because that varies 
we've been in business now for 17 years yes, and that has changed that demographic has changed very dramatically yeah. over the 17 years so it's really important to understand who your guest really is Absolutely. i'm going to just give you a little pat on the back and your team that i noticed when when i drove by and and my boyfriend pointed out you know i was like oh mercy you know he's like anyways hold the story but i told him that you were the only establishment one of the if, if maybe there might be another one i don't know but here that i have could look at and say yeah they've been here the whole entire time since i've been you know in right. the shopping center yes they've turned yes. over because restaurant industry wine and food you know, it's not an easy industry. It's to not, in, you know, it's not at all. Like you got to provide an experience, great quality food and all these other things for people to continue to come back. Exactly. And it's, it's not for light of heart. I like to tell it, it's, it's not. And I think one of the things that is really important is to understand how are you different from everyone else? Mm -hmm. What, what is it that differentiates you from everyone else? Mm -hmm. And Dallas is, you know, one of the top restaurant cities in the United yeah. States. And it wasn't even harder. It wasn't always that way. Yeah. When yeah. I first moved to Dallas, it was, it certainly wasn't that way, mm -hmm. but it was really important for me not to walk in, not being a restaurateur, yeah. not to walk in and try and compete with some of the best steakhouse mm -hmm. restaurateurs in the country. Yeah. So we really kind of tried to carve out our own little niche and yeah. say, how are we different? And we're gonna, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do a great job delivering that service yeah. to that particular customer. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important to know who your customer is, mm -hmm. have a really good, clear idea. And, you know, why are you different than everybody else? Yeah. Why should a guest come in and see you versus here now going next door? Mm -hmm. Literally next Literally, door. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And... I know that you're going to work harder for, you know, this than you will anybody that you've ever worked for. In Absolutely. Life. And there's, there's no slacking. Nope. I mean, there's no sitting back on your <laughs> laurels. No. It is every day yep. starting from ground zero yeah. and proving yourself mm -hmm. every single day. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you've heard it. That could be a whole other possible. We could go for uh, <laughs> at least an hour on this. We have a lot of content yeah, here we could cover. Woo. So the one standing question of the podcast is what advice would you give to your younger self? I'm not sure I can look back that far. No, I can't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would say continue to take risk. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. You know, one of the things that I tell my, my people and certainly my management people all of the time is unless you're taking risk, you're not going to fail. And if you're not failing, then you're not succeeding. Mm -hmm. So it's really important. I think to try some new things and mm -hmm. stretch and continue to evolve. Mm -hmm. If you don't um, evolve, you die. Exactly. Mm -hmm. There's, there's no middle ground holding your ground. Yeah. You're either growing or if you're not growing, you're declining. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really important to take risk. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's coming from someone who's pretty risk adverse. You know, I've got a pretty high threshold of risk. And <laughs> just a disclaimer. Exactly. <laughs> right? But I think it's really important. Yeah. I think it's really one of the one of the key axioms that I would say to yeah. someone. That's awesome. And you could take it at whatever level, you know, small baby risks to you know right. yeah, don't get crazy in the, in Right. In right, right, right. No, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean it, they've got to be within reason. Yeah. But if everything you do is succeeding, that means you haven't taken enough risk. So everything you do is not going to succeed, yeah, particularly in the restaurant business. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And you just can't control 
a lot of the factors. Yeah, I know there's a stat that most restaurants fail. In the first three years. Okay. In the first three years. Wow. Yeah. And yep. a lot of them don't make it past the first year. Hmm. Yep, that's a whole other podcast. It is, too. <laughs> it is for sure. <laughs> well, Glenn, tell folks uh, how they can you know, connect with you, learn more about what you're doing, maybe your second location and when that's gonna be out. Sure, we are keeping our fingers crossed that we'll be able to launch that ship in early December, which is in a few weeks away. And we're so far on target with that. And that's going to be Mercy Bar and Lounge. Wow. And we'll have a full liquor license over there. And here is Mercy Wine Bar. Okay. And our website is mercywinebar.com. Okay. So they can go and check us out there. Yeah. And we've got a, a great Facebook page. Mm -hmm. And we're on Instagram and we're on Twitter. Well, so hey. we're on social media all over and now first podcast <laughs> and now our very first podcast exactly well, so awesome that's exciting and if anyone's interested in tennis oh it's tbrmtennis.com okay and we've been there i've ran that club for 22 years now. yeah that's 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 amazing so i'm still i'm still busy <laughs> still going strong well i always advise people never to stop staying busy or doing what they love to do you know whether it brings them income or not, you know, right. those things definitely keep the, your brain engaged, engaged. in the world. Yeah. Exactly. No, they're, I agree yeah, completely. Therefore keeps your body moving right. on because it's got to keep up, right? Exactly. So, <laughs> well, I really appreciate you, Glenn, so much. For Thank you very today. much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. And if you're listening or watching and Glenn's advice has spoken to you or you know somebody that needs to hear it, please tag them in the comments and share this episode. And remember, for all those that are still listening, which I'm happy to say is increasing, follow for new episodes or find old episodes by putting in hashtag industry celebrities or go to thatkimberly.com to choose where you want to listen or watch the podcast from. So thank you again, Glenn. And until next week, remember, sharing is caring. Bye.